Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. It's the list in your boy at Fightful.com with Jimmy Van and Sean Rossap. They're on fire. Boom shakalaka. 200 strong. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap. It is April 21st, 2021. Listen, your boy, 211. It has been a, well, it's been a, it's been a couple of weeks, Jimmy. Oh, it's been. But oh, it's we'll been. talk about. It. I remember I was. It was Thursday afternoon. I said, "God damn it, pal! I see the light at the end of the tunnel of this work week. Here we go. Finally, about to finish. And well, we're going to talk about what happened after that uh, because some stuff happened after that. Yeah, if you guys are watching right now. Please leave a thumbs up. Please subscribe. Tap that bell for notifications and send us a super chat to get your question or statement read right on the air. How about this? Today, we won't do any ad reads. I'll just plug select. That's it. As, what, if I, a, what if I just lob one up for you? No, no. No? Got, I got them planned out. No. No ad reads today. Just plug in select. By the way, today on select, I broke news, as, as I'm always doing. ROH re-signed a long-time employee. Also, there was a wrestler who pushed very hard to get more women on WrestleMania, and it worked. Go over FightfulSelect.com, check that out, as well as Alex's Sour Graps. But, Jimmy, what's up? I'm probably going to have you tell that select story about the WrestleMania women, because I'd like to give a little select tease on this yeah, podcast. I don't. I, don't. I like I to do. get subscriptions as well. Oh, like we're doing good. We're doing good. I like. Yeah, to, I know we're I'm doing just, good. I'm I want to do better. I like to do a little tease. You know what I'm holding in my hand right here, Sean? What's that? I'm holding in my hand a proposal sent to me by WWE uh overviewing their nominees for their board uh when they do Ooh. their next election great so i got it see this right here they got to send this to anybody who has a share of stock in the company right there and you so you shill. can see you can see the nominees for their board really nothing too surprising nick khan is a nominee this time he wasn't before he wasn't on the board uh that's not so surprising stuffy mcmahon's still there paul levesque's still there yeah that's nice why, why do i care come on what are we doing let's do this show jimmy I just like to show you that I still get this bullshit. I don't you know care. I, mean? I don't care about, well, that. Let's I do. Talk about wrestling. Well, let's say first, congratulations to Ronda Rousey and Travis Brown. Yeah. Uh, she's pregnant. Uh, baby's due in September. Vince McMahon. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, let's be honest. He probably wasn't going to use her until WrestleMania next year, most likely. Maybe the yeah. Rumble, probably. And uh, and so I don't think the timeline is necessarily going to be affected. I mean, if, if the baby comes to September and if Ronda still wants to be involved in wrestling, because let me tell you, Sean, having a baby might change everything. Yeah. But if she wants to still be involved, they could still get her get her in for mania. It's like six months after she has the baby. So but good I'm for just, her because she's been public about it. Right. For a couple. Of I'm years. just happy for because anybody that wants that, I'm glad that they can have it. And. Uh, I get the feeling that that child's going to have a really good life and going to be able to experience some cool stuff. Hopefully, uh, hopefully everything goes smoothly and, and healthy and all that stuff. But very, very happy because that was something that two years ago she made it clear that she was taking time off to do. So very happy for her and Travis Brown. That and kid's going to be living on a farm, uh, uh, you know, milking cows. 
basically is what the kid's going to be doing. Genetic lottery winner uh, right there. You're talking about a six foot seven UFC fighter. And then one of the greatest women's fighters of all time having a child. <laughs> I mean, my God. So congratulations to them. That's awesome. Hopefully they're not anti-combat. Yeah. But yeah, I guess we'll yes. see what happens. Okay, Sean. So it was last Thursday, April 15, that news broke mm. uh, that WWE had uh, had done another round of releases. One year to the day of the big wave last year, April 15, tone 2020. Deaf. It's it, it, on multiple levels. It's tone yes. deaf on multiple levels. Uh, we don't have to go too deep uh, uh, into you know uh, into everything. I think everybody knows already. Samoa Joe, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, Mickey James, Chelsea Green, Tucker, Callisto, Mojo Raleigh, Bo Dallas, Wesley Blake. Um, my first question for you: To your knowledge, were there cuts done behind the scenes too? Because the last time they also released like production staff and producers, and was that done this time? To your knowledge. I, not to my knowledge. I haven't okay. heard of that, but there also haven't been NXT cuts, and everybody was like, oh, well, they're going to do them tomorrow. Well, here's the thing. We don't know about them doing uh, doing cuts to NXT talent until NXT talent put it out there because they're not publicized, and that's that's the nature of things. All right. Well, several of those people have since gone public, Chelsea Green being one in her interview with you, have since gone public to say that the reason they were told was budget cuts. And poor yep. old, poor old Johnny Ace, John Laurinaitis, he, he was the messenger. It's uh, almost like he was hired or he was rehired to do that. Yeah, it almost looks that way. And and so budget cuts was the reason. And uh, I call bullshit to the budget cuts. And I got some information that I'm going to share with you guys. There is more to this than budget cuts. This, this is this is a, a shareholder thing. Uh, and so let's kind of talk about it. So last year on April 16th, so it was the day after the big wave last year, WWE declared a quarterly dividend of 12 cents per share on all class A and class B shares. Uh, it came out to about a $9.4 million payout last year. And of that, Vincent Mann got about three and a half million in a dividend. Okay. This year, they didn't even wait a day this year. On April 15th, the same day that they announced that they've released Samoa Joe and all the others, they declared a quarterly dividend. Of twelve cents a share, it's going to be paid out on June fifteenth. I looked up WWE's proxy statement. Vincent Man owns about twenty eight point seven million shares. That means that he's going to receive around three point four four six million uh, in a dividend, more or less the same as last year. Uh, so obviously, the first question is, and, th- and this is something that these talent probably may not have known, but how are you shelling out that money if you're on a tight budget? That's They're that's obviously the first question. Budget. No, yeah, you're right. No, so that's the first thing. Now here's 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 a saying, Sean. Let's add a little bit more color to this, Sean. Let's add more color to this. There is a metric that they use in the whole corporate public world called EPS. Do you know what EPS is? I don't. EPS means earnings per share. And basically that tells you how much uh, money a company makes for each share of its stock. It's uh, it's an estimate of the value of the company for investors and it's a pretty common metric in that world. Uh, Friday, April 22nd, which is going to be tomorrow because we're doing this on the 21st. So tomorrow, Friday, April 22nd, WWE is going to announce their Q1 earnings. Thursday. You said Friday. I'm sorry. You're right. Thursday. Thursday, April 22nd. You're right. WWE is going to announce their Q1 earnings. Now, according to Zach's Investment Research, which which is an independent investment-related research firm, WWE is projected to report a lower EPS this quarter Mm. than Q1 of 2020. That means that they're they're projected to to uh, to have a lower earnings per share number than they had Q1 of 2020. That might potentially hit the stock. And so, in reality, when you look at the people that were released and when you try to estimate their combined earnings, and this is all just kind of rough estimate, WWE, if they're lucky, is going to save a million a quarter on all that talent that was released. If they're lucky, they'll save a million a quarter. That alone is not going to make up the difference in the EPS. From, from Q121 versus Q120. And so they didn't make these cuts because of budgetary reasons. They also didn't make these cuts to try to save the Q1 earnings call. You know, sometimes they go into the Q1 earnings call and if they think they're going to have a bunch of bad news, they want to have something to kind of appease the shareholders, let them know that they're, that they're on top of things. These cuts are, are minimal in the, in, in the overall scheme of things. And those cuts are not going to save the earnings call. Plus, because this, this is the Q1 earnings call, Sean, they always pump WrestleMania on the Q1 call. Even though Mania falls into Q2, they always pump it 
And because it's a positive distraction. Vince did it last year. He does it every year. He's going to do it this year. On top of that, they signed the Peacock deal. The Peacock deal kicked in the end of Q1. So they have all this positivity and all this stuff to show shareholders that they're doing shit. They're not going to use these cuts, these talent cuts, as anything to try to explain any kind of drop in numbers for the quarter. Because it does look like that they might see a drop in numbers for the quarter. You won't even you won't even cause a drop in the next quarter because they're paying these people for 90 days. Right, right. They're paying them for 90 days. Yeah. So to me, this whole budget cut thing, it's complete fallacy. It's complete bullshit. And it's the easy out. The reason they made these cuts is because they have nothing for these people. They don't know what to do with them. And so they feel like they don't need them. And that's the truth. And it's just a lot easier for Johnny Ace to say budget cuts. It's just a much easier thing to say. It's absolute complete bullshit. And, uh, and so I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Yes. I, there, there's not much more I can add besides that. It's BS. And not <laughs> if it wasn't, I mean, Chelsea Green said in our interview, I don't necessarily want a 90-day non-compete because I've had a year to not compete already. Yes, that's right. And I know that she told them that. And if Jimmy, if it were really about budget cuts, they'd say, all right, we don't got to pay you for three months. Right. But it's not about budget cuts. Frank says, how much could those cuts really save unless we're trying to keep payroll at about 8% of expenses? Uh, Expenses overall are down way now. Well, I mean, based on who they cut, they're probably at least saving Probably a couple million bucks a year. Uh, I, I, well, I, I did a rough estimate and I came out to about a million a quarter. Yeah. So I'd be about 4 million for the year. Very rough estimate, but that's what they'd be looking at. And in the general scheme of things, that million a quarter is not going to that because obviously that hits their bottom line, but that's in, in, in and of itself is not going to be enough to, uh, to do anything too significant. So, and, and one other obvious note about these cuts uh, last week, we're going to start here. Last week, you reported that WWE was shorthanded for Raw. Mm-hmm. Before I kind of continue on about the cut stuff, tell me about that. Details about them being shorthanded for Raw. Well, I think it was evident this week, too. People who weren't, weren't there, who weren't on the show. I was told there were a couple of people banged up. There were a couple of people with COVID symptoms. And the way that, that Chelsea kind of put out, he's like, even, she's like, even though they're shorthanded, they're not. There's people that they could call and say, come on in and work. And, well, they couldn't because they were planning on firing those people that week. Uh, But, yeah, it's woof. I mean, the funny thing is, is when you look at holes that need to be filled in WWE, and there's a lot of them, and obviously it starts with Vince McMahon. But when you look at holes that need to be filled, they could really use a main eventer. Oh, they they could use a... Buddy, there's a whole lot of holes they could fill. That's what I'm saying. But Let's let's take a look at the women's tag division. You got the a rematch on raw rematch on SmackDown rematch on NXT. So what we needed was to fire Mickey and Chelsea who want to do a team together. Yeah. Billy and Peyton who were tag team champions. Oh, and let's add an NXT women's tag team division. It has been one of the most miserably managed companies from a creative aspect. And Evan Wright jokes, well, they asked Chelsea green to use her pool. I already made that joke on Twitter because last year after they fired, Zach Ryder, they called him up and said, Hey, can we have use your, your pool for this Otis thing? And he's like, No, that's a lot of balls, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is a lot of balls. It is. But- and uh, to, to follow up with some of these, some of these super chats about the releases, Evan Wright says, Got a gut feeling Levi Cooper will do great things. We're already seeing more entertain, more entertainment and, and personality out of the former Tucker Knight. Like, He's he's one of those people, Jimmy, that I said he's going to pop up on AEW Dark in six months, and people are going to say, wait, he's good? Isn't he a decorated amateur wrestler? Yes, he is. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know why they didn't do more after the Elimination Chamber 2020 performance where he dove off the, the, the pod and all that stuff. And Alex Pawlowski with the line of the week, Rob Reed says, you don't get to say sorry, kid, budget cuts to Samoa Joe. Because he... Budget cuts? Okay. Well, then maybe not. Not to say I'm I'm here for releasing people. Maybe release someone less good than Samoa Joe. Now they did release some people less good than him, but come on. And Justin Lopez says I don't get them cutting Joe unless he wanted to wrestle, and they wouldn't clear, and that's the reason they cut him. His mic game is too good. That was the instant reaction that I got. I actually had people 
before his release, say, apparently Joe wants to wrestle. I said, no shit he wants to wrestle. Why wouldn't he want to wrestle? Why wasn't he cleared at this point? I don't know. That okay. I don't have. That 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 is more of a Samoa Joe probably telling that story in his own type of thing, because okay. I don't know. But I can tell you after the things that I've heard over the last few years, at some point, like, it, it's not wrong of WWE talent to doubt WWE medical at this point. Christian Cage wasn't cleared. Daniel Bryan wasn't cleared. Edge wasn't cleared. Paige was cleared, and her neck was hanging on by a thread. Chelsea Green was told to keep the plate in her arm. Well, that made her more susceptible to a break. Like, Mm -hmm. there's CM Punk, the whole situation that he said. It's very easy to question WWE medical at this point, I think, Jimmy. Yeah, it's it's very fair. And, And again, you know, when you look at the top of the curve on both brands, you know, how fun would Roman Reigns Samoa Joe be? Yeah, especially when Roman's doing the whole head of the table thing and 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 his Samoan family. How fun would that be? Bobby Lashley, Samoa Joe. Yeah. There's so many. There's so many things they could have done with him. It was fed to them when the hurt business was causing shenanigans around the broadcast table. Joe's sitting right there. You know what I mean? It was it was fed to them, and they just completely left it off the table. Chelsea Green. I understand what you're saying, but her Mickey James. But I see Chelsea Green as a single star, and, be, yeah. and you know, and I, I look at her like, okay, you know, you've got Oscar was the champion. She didn't have a lot of uh, a lot of competitors because they didn't handle her very well either. Bianca Belair now is the champion on SmackDown. They're probably going to have the same two or three girls, you know, feuding with her. You could have plugged Chelsea in on either show very easily. Then, in addition to that, do you remember one of the elements that made Nitro really take off in the early days? It was having the cruiserweights in the opener. Yeah. They would do a hot match, 10, 15 minutes. They really got the crowd pumping. And that was one of the elements that put them over the top. Callisto. Awesome in the ring. They let him go. Ricochet. Yeah. Oh, oh, not, not only that. Like they need that. They need that back. I'm saying. And they split up them and, and Lucha Dragons. They fired Cutler and Blake. You think they need tag teams? Yeah, they do. They split up uh Tucker and, and Otis. Yeah, they probably need tag teams. Now, hey, if you if you lose your tag team partner to Chad Gable, I'm sorry, you just lost him. <laughs> He's one of the best in the world. That's just the way it goes. But they cut people that they very, very well needed. And I feel like we should come back. We should circle back to this with the, the raw quality stuff because I've got some stuff to say, but we do have a lot of super chats. <laughs> uh, Evan Wright says, give me Samoa Joe versus Eddie Kingston, please. The promos there promos. Be unbelievable. That'd be about it, promos. And Daniel R says, Joe versus Ishii, please. Any other Joe dream matches? Yeah, Joe versus literally everybody. Joe and Omega at, at a top level. Is something I would love to see. Yeah, especially Joe in like the big Haas matches. Yeah. You know, there's a lot they could do with him. So, okay, we'll talk about Ron in a minute. Uh, actually, well, let's talk about... Actually, let's talk about, about these Super Chats. Okay, you keep on cutting me off. Somebody wants a Doug Ford rant on Select. Well, maybe on Select. I would love to. <laughs> I would love to. Jay Lane says, Kaz on the Chris Van Vliet show was an all-time interview. I'm pulling harder for him than I have for everyone to make a big, big comeback. He's... I've heard great things from Gallows about him podcast Wiz asked if we saw WDB's most wanted treasures yet what'd you think of it I, not. I did it is very like predetermined American pickers ish but I like it I like that type of stuff and I thought it was a lot of fun a lot of harmless fun mm. in, in my call uh Evan Wright says would WDB benefit from doing road two style videos like AEW does AEW got me 10 times more excited for Sheeta versus Conchi and Christian versus Hobbs Yes, they would, and they could do it, but they a lot, they minimize how much everything matters every single week that I don't think they're going to do that. Unfortunately, and we're broken records on this, they need new direction. Like, yeah. they, they, this man he shouldn't be there. Kevin Dunn shouldn't be there. Bruce Pritchard shouldn't be there. They need new direction, and so long they, as they need new re- direction, Jimmy. Did you say they need a nude? Ere- no, I'm just kidding. Hi, Sean Ross. Got a lot of one up to you there, bud. Ricardo, so just say hi, boys. Entertain me, please. <laughs> we were, we are. Do you see any title changes tonight on Dynamite? We got Sheeta and Conchi, and we've got Darby Allen, Jungle Boy. I don't. No. And no. Uh, we're going to save this one for a bit, but we got a monster super chat. So let's talk about this. Gutierrez 25. Big wow. thank you. 
He says, one big on the Jake Paul fights and decided to share my earnings. Got back from Las Vegas yesterday. The blue chew was great. <laughs> Hopefully things went in a new direction for you, <laughs> my friend. And Jay Lane says, also one big on Jake Paul and the Oilers over the Habs. Thank you for the hard work. Did you so see the Connor McDavid goal, Sean? I didn't. I put it on my Twitter because now anybody, even if you only are a casual hockey fan, you probably know who Connor McDavid is. He's the best player in the game. He is notorious for splitting the defense. And what that means is anybody that's not a hockey fan, that means you got one offensive player basically blowing through two defenders in order to score. And Connor McDavid does it on the regular. And the last game against the Canadians, he basically, again, blew through two defenders, one of which is like up for defenseman of the year blew through them, scored, was asked about it after the game, and he basically said, I ne- I'm never afraid of taking on two defenders. He basically said that. I love it. Guy's a machine. Well, well um, Jake Paul, Ben Askren. That yeah, was let's some, go there next. Let's go there I, next. So, I, I got to say, that was a ridiculous show to cover. It was one of the weirdest things that I've ever covered. But you know what? They sold over a million pay-per-views. Did they? 1.5 is what they the announced it. It's really one, 1.5. Jake Paul announced it. Okay. Okay. We'll wait until somebody legitimate does. All yeah. Right. Well, I mean, that's, that's the word is legitimately 1.5, but what did Tyson do? I don't know. I'll look it up. I want to say one, two. Well, this was uh pretty, pretty wild. Jimmy. Um, I am so out of touch with this stuff. Well, because- I, Last week when we we were talking about who was going to win and stuff, I was like, "Gosh, I would like to think Astron is, but probably Paul." I picked I Paul. didn't re- I, like. I'm not on the MMA beat anymore. I, Shaq does that. I didn't know this is at 190 pounds. So Ben Askren was not the most uh, ripped fella at 170. Yep. So if I would have known he was going in there at 190, because yep. I know that Jake Paul's showing up in shape. He's a bigger I guy. I would have yeah. never even given Astron the possibility but that was some of the worst striking ever i saw a lot of people say rigged it was not rigged it was a guy going in there knowing he was going to get his ass kicked in a big payday and he got hit really hard in the face and he crashed into the canvas that's it i was very concerned when i saw so i'm not a jake paul fan same uh i think he's an overhyped bum when it comes to boxing he fought a youtuber a basketball player and a wrestler and he's begging for legitimacy there you go. So he had the balls to say, I don't know how many times I got to prove myself. Yeah. It's boxing. So more than three times. No, he hasn't proven himself. And against the boxer, maybe. Right, right. To me, he has not proved himself because you beat a YouTuber, a basketball player, and a wrestler. Get in there with a legitimate boxer. I noticed when the fight was over, Snoop was calling for that guy, Joe Fournier or whatever. There was some guy who claims he's a billionaire, which he isn't, but there was some guy on the undercard who won. And he's like an older guy. He's a journeyman fighter. And Snoop Dogg was like, let's put him in the ring with Jake Paul. That's also not going to be proof of legitimacy. You've got to no. fight an actual legitimate up-and-comer on your level fighter to be considered legitimate. So I'm not a fan of Jake Paul. He's an overhyped plug. But you know what? If they got one and a half million buys, I'm so far out of touch with him because to me he's nothing, but he's got a following. What Hear can you out. what can you say? Hear me out. Jake Paul. Vitor Belfort. Let's go. Problem is, it's a boxing match again. It's a boxing match. Yeah. I I love these freak show fights. I see their method, too. Like, this is a show. It's not a fighting show. It's a show that they want you to have, like, a house party to throw throw on, let them pay all these musicians to come in. Weird decision to pay all those musicians, by the way. I, I That was unreal, the amount of money they had to spend. But then you'll watch some fights in between. The funny thing is Frank Mir actually did like the best of the MMA representation. He went six rounds, didn't look terrible. 280 well, pounds too, man. Yeah. So nice. he's made he made a lot of money. Him and him and Andre Arlovsky made a lot of money Saturday night between the co-main event of UFC. I heard Mir made five hundred K. That was the word. I thought it was like three fifty. I thought it was three fifty or something. Okay, 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 okay. But well, they've me- got but they've got a freak show fight at the top with a major celebrity. They yep. kicked it off with another celebrity who just wasn't good. They got a former UFC guy, Frank Mir, and then they have an honest-to-God quality boxing fight, which the funny thing is ended up being the biggest circus of them all with that phantom low blow. Yes, 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 yes. But, yeah. man, uh, 
I see what they're doing. Uh, by the way, it looked like Tyson Jones did 1.6. Okay. Which, if they do Tyson Holyfield, it'll do 2 million, I think. So they announced Holyfield against Kevin McBride on June yes. 5th. Kevin McBride, for anybody who doesn't know, he was Mike Tyson's last opponent in a very odd six-round fight. Uh, the referee stopped it. Mike was basically sitting on the canvas, and the referee stopped it. But they're using whatever notoriety he has in order to do the the fight with Holyfield. Uh, I don't know. I uh, I I want to see Paul get dropped. So I guess if anything, he's working he's working as a heel mm-hmm. because I want to see him get dropped. Oscar De La Hoya, what an embarrassment! Oscar yeah, De- he should be embarrassed. This this was the Olympian golden boy darling of the American media. He was greatest- white meat baby face. Oh, he was he was one of the greatest day. in the history of his of his weight class. Ever since he became a promoter, he's basically become a dirt ball in terms of absolute lying to the media, lying to his fighters. Uh, goes on the broadcast high as a kite, completely made just an embarrassment of himself. I really believe, because Oscar De Hoya, if you guys don't follow, he's going to come out of retirement now and do one of these fights. I believe that if they don't put Oscar De La Hoya in there with a name, he is not going to draw shit. No. I don't think there's any interest in seeing Oscar De La, De La Hoya, especially after the way that he represented himself. He was an embarrassment. Man. Like I remember what, me and my cousin paying to watch him in Vargas on pay-per-view. and It was such a fantastic fight. And then to see how far he's fallen personally like he's just a bad guy you know yeah, i posted a picture of him in lingerie on twitter and and people were saying is that real yes it is yeah it is yes it is google, Dana White used to google, post it all the time i think just google oscar de la hoya lingerie there's like a whole bunch of them Why would one. you i don't want to do that at all i'm just saying i'm just saying it but, was uh, i like i gotta say from a media perspective triller was fantastic to deal with that's they good. knocked it out of the park. Like they were constantly sending Zoom links and and pay per view codes help an awful lot if you want the media covering your shit. Yeah. And they did that. They I I like what they do. I I think there is a very big appetite as we've seen Jimmy for freak show fights. That's just that's it. And I'm not talking like God rest his soul screech boxing or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they made this like a nightclub type of feel. I think it having ridiculous stuff like Pete Davidson asking Diplo to fuck his mom. That was funny as hell. It's ridiculous, but it's funny as hell. It was a real train wreck show. It oh, was. Uh, oh, Pete Davidson probably will not be back there. And I thought it was great because he was like, well, here's my payday. Yep. He and crapped he, on both of them. He's like, yes. he's like, I've never heard of Ben Askren and Jake Paul's a piece of shit. Yes. I love like, it. He, I thought blatantly, it was great. I mean, Ric Flair was on the on the show. He was refereeing a slap fight. And those slap fights, let me ask you, Sean, why would you put yourself in a slap fight making not a lot of money? And the slaps didn't look that hard. They're probably knocking me out. Oh, I've seen a lot of slap yeah. fights on YouTube. But, yeah. I mean, Ric Flair was serious when he said, I could take that. <laughs> he was They would have killed him. They would have killed him. Yes, they would have killed him. <laughs> they would have. But I just like that he was like, Ah, I want to see something better than that. Uh, but Pete Davidson was very funny. <laughs> like, I just love how he, he was like, this is a joke. I'm going to treat it like a complete joke. Yeah, Why not? It's just and, a and again, I like what they did. I had fun covering that show. And that ain't always the case when I'm sitting there from 6.30 PM until 1 AM talking about a UFC show. You like, and I, I guess, uh, differ in that regard because I did not enjoy it. It was a uh, lot of filler. I muted the TV. So I was watching with my wife and my wife kept turning to me saying, why are you making me watch this? And so between fights, I would mute the TV and I would tell her, okay, when Mir comes on, I want to see Mir. When Askren comes on, I want to see Askren. Otherwise, we'll mute it for you. And that's what we did. I want to say one other thing about Ben Askren. Uh, I was concerned for him because he was on Logan Paul's podcast prior to the fight. Logan Paul, of course, Jake Paul's brother. Ben Askren completely uh, looked at Jake Paul as nothing. Like he completely did not take it seriously. I don't think he probably had a proper training camp. No, I don't think he had. No. I don't think he had much discipline when he saw his physique in there at 191 pounds. He completely disregarded Jake Paul. And no matter who your opponent is, you should always, you know, don't underestimate your opponent, especially Never. when for for Ben Askren, this was uh, uncharted waters. This was a boxing match. Ben Askren's the farthest thing from a boxer in the, uh, from the MMA world. And when I saw him on Logan Paul's podcast, just completely disregard Jake Paul, I thought that's a problem. 
Uh, then when he got into the key, when he got into the ring, 20 pounds heavier than what he fought at in the UFC, I thought, oh boy, this is going to be a problem. So I had no idea until I turned on the pay-per-view and they did the tail of the tape. And when mm-hmm. I saw 190 pounds, I said, well, that ain't good. That's yep. bad. Uh, yep. 69 names. Deegan says, as someone who does not watch boxing, I've only seen the clips of Pete Davidson. and I love it. He says, watch how far boxing has fallen. He's the best. I, I truly appreciate him, and I think he's a funny dude in general. Uh, Bill Hemmett says, why hasn't AEW pro- promoted Swan versus Omega? That's a big question. I don't know tonight. why. Yeah, they might huh? tonight. I They better tonight. They yeah. should tonight. And Mike Provencher, too, says, who gets mentioned more on Dynamite tonight, Rich Swan or Mauro Ranallo? They gotta, they gotta mention Rich Swan. Like, they, they need to do this. This is a big moment for... Both of those guys, yep. it, it would be promotional malpractice, I think, to not mention, hey, our champion's on pay-per-view this weekend. He might win two more belts. And you know what? Let's talk about this now because I was going to talk about it later. But Dynamite, how many times have I said that five years from now, we might look back on April 13th, 2021 as the night that the wrestling landscape changed? And I, I'm continuing to stick with that because April 13th is when NXT moved to Tuesday. AEW had Wednesdays all to themselves. And what did they do last week? Their first unopposed night. 1.219 million viewers. They were number two on cable in the 18 to 49 demo. They were up massively from last week. Now, granted, the week before was takeover week. They still had opposition and it was takeover week. So it's not apples to apples. They also had Mike Tyson on the show that they advertised uh, and they're not going to have him every single week. Still, still 1.219 million viewers is huge for them. And so again, if they start getting momentum and if they start trending upwards, WWE can blame nobody but themselves. And so, and maybe, maybe NBC Universal. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm curious. And so do you think, cause I, I saw Tony Khan, uh, said that he guarantees a definitive winner. You think Omega's walking out with the impact title? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, at least it's going to get play on, on dynamite weekly. Then he'll be out there holding that belt too. Yeah. And I mean, why wouldn't you, if you effectively have Kenny Omega as an impact wrestling star, why wouldn't you just put the titles on him? Oh, I mean, hundred percent. I mean, Impact was no one gave a shit about Impact until they got involved with AEW. We never talked about Impact on this podcast. Nobody did until they got AEW involved, and now that actually made them, you know, an interesting brand to to pay attention to. Yeah, check out my interview with Eddie Edwards this week, guys. Um, <laughs> also, this Sunday, me, Denise, and Steven Jensen are going to have Rebellion post show coverage. So make sure you guys tune into that as well. But you, you got to capitalize on if Kenny Omega is willing to work impact wrestling, you, you do it. That's I agree. The, I agree. And I, situation. I saw Christian cage said he has no interest in being part of impact. He'll do it too. If Tony Khan says, yeah. look, do me a favor. We're doing this in a promotional thing with them. You've got a history there. He's going to do it. Like, don't even make like you won't. He will. I mean, no, I don't know if maybe there's some heat there with, with somebody, you never know what, what that situation could be. Wasn't uh, a different ownership group at the time. Yeah, but I mean, small world out there, you know, where, where you guys are from. So you never <laughs> know. Where you guys are from? Where you guys are from. Uh, the Ontario wrestling scene, Jimmy, where you happen to know everybody and you haven't been <laughs> in it for like 15 years. Yes, it's a pretty small radius there, Jimmy. Uh, I see. I see. Yeah. Uh, Rob Reed says, uh, I will will Samoa Joe versus Jeff Cobb into existence. Hey, you know what? I feel like if you guys send enough super chats today, you can. It'll just happen. And that would be, they're very similar, those two guys. Yeah. I kind of look at at Jeff Cobb like Rhino, too. I see a lot of Rhino in him. But, uh, yeah, that'd be an interesting match. I do. I do. They're both these, like, sturdy, you know, I know he's more of a wrestler, but. Yeah, he is. He's got more of an amateur background, obviously. He wrestled Yoel Romero back in the day. Oh, yeah? Did he? And who won that? He said Yoel mopped the floor with him. Oh, (laughs) Yes, he did. <laughs> At least he's honest about yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about WWE Raw. Many are calling it the worst post WrestleMania Raw in the history of the program. And so, you know what I asked Sean Ross Sapp to do? Hopefully, you loaded it up. I said to Sean Ross Sapp, everybody's shitting on the post Mania Raw. Let's look for some good things about it. Hit the media, Sean. Positivity. You got to accentuate the positive
Why would you use clips from 2017 on there? Uh, I think they made it in like 18. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think so. Well, I think so. Yeah. So, you know, the little asterisk here. So I'm, I'm going to find good things about Raw to talk about. The problem is everything that I found, there's a little asterisk because it could have been executed better. So it was a good idea, could have been executed better, but it's the best I could come up with. The first one is Randy Orton, Matt Riddle. I loved it. Yes, I, I, I love the match. I love Riddle using submissions because that's his game. Uh, Orton really gave him a lot. He was very gracious in there with him. Riddle goes over clean as a, as a, as a sheet. Is that a term? Clean as a clean sheet? Clean as a sheet, clean as a whistle. Clean as a whistle. Clean as my crucifix. balls when I use manscaped.com. <laughs> but, but no ad reads today. No. When he when he came None. to the RKO and to the crucifix, it was it, it basically allowed you to see that Matt Riddle is more than a goof on a scooter. Uh, this guy's legitimate. But there's that little asterisk, and the reason there's that little asterisk is because right before the match, they show Randy Orton with Adam Pearce, and he basically says he doesn't know the guy's name. Yes, which made yeah, they, Riddle look like in, a joke going in. They were in a Survivor Series match together, right? Didn't and they were they're both on Raw together every week. They were both on Night Two of WrestleMania, although. If they want to play that Randy Orton is the I don't give a shit. Yeah, and I did say Randy Orton has said he's been distracted. He's distracted by his own stuff. So not not even this, but I, I like Riddle running around people on the scooter, doing the like the home alone, like the little kid that bugs people while yeah. while he's I saw your Twitter. Bring me back something French. Yeah. What kind of gas mileage <laughs> this thing get? Like him. I think it's great. I really like it. It's I, I find that entertaining. And the fact that he can go in there and back it up is great. What I don't like is that since March, well, let's look back at, at Matt Riddle's record. Well, he got crushed last week on Raw by Bobby Lashley. He got beat on WrestleMania. Well, why was he in that WrestleMania match? Because he got beat by Sheamus. Yeah. His last successful title defense was against Mustafa Ali. Well, why did he have that match? Because Mustafa Ali beat him. So since the beginning of March, he's been pinned four times. He should not be like an underdog. He should be somebody that maybe they don't take seriously because of his demeanor. He shouldn't be like an underdog. He can kick the shit out of people, and we all know it. I agree. He's almost like the Orange Cassidy, sort of. Sort of. I like that. I you like know? that uh, that comparison. I really do. Yeah. And and we have Daniel R. saying, Raw has not been great. How does it get better? Well, Jimmy will have to tell you, because that's all the positive I got for this episode of Raw. No, I got some more, but again, there's an asterisk beside each one because it wasn't handled well. Uh, the unmasking of T-Bar and Mace. Yeah, sure. Really liked it. We had talked about when they first attacked Drew McIntyre last week that they should have done it without the masks right out of the shoot. But at least they acknowledged that it's, you know, the guys from Retribution, they took the masks off. Now they can let them be themselves. Now they can have proper character development but, and all that. But, but this is where there's the asterisk. This is where there's, there's the asterisk. Just like Dabakato. Our intelligence are insulted again. Commentary makes like they don't know who they are. Drives me nuts that they do this shit. Dio Madden was a, was the color commentator on Raw, and uh, and Dijakovic was one of the top guys in NXT before they called them up. And now they made like they didn't know who they were. I despise that they insult our intelligence to that level. Dio Madden was in a clip that was viewed by five million people on YouTube of Brock Lesnar beating his ass. It's so stupid, man. Jimmy, you know? like I, I know it's supposed to be a positivity segment. No, this but hey, show, they unmasked them. That's yes. great for them. Retribution has a, I'll, a I'll, negative I'll wait until, uh, Sorry, I'll wait until after your points to, to go on my rant. Okay, well, the next one was I liked that Sheamus seemingly brought back the open challenge concept. I like the open challenge concept. It's a great way to showcase fresh talent on television. It helps elevate Sheamus because he's giving these guys an opportunity and having good matches every week. I like it. Asterisk. Asterisk. It had the complete opposite effect. Humberto got annihilated. He went in looking like a bum. He came out looking like a bigger bum. Granted, it was good for Sheamus. It made Sheamus look like maybe a, you know, a, a tougher guy, but in terms of what the open challenge concept is supposed to do, it destroyed Humberto. And if their plan every week is for Sheamus to go out there, mock the open challenge concept, bring out somebody and wipe the floor with them, all you're going to do is kill off a fresh face every single week. They're just going to kill off another guy and another guy and another guy. So I like the concept. Asterisk hated the execution. I got to crap on this again because I think that, well, I, I loved Seamus beating the brakes off of Humberto because 
Humberto is not what it, what Paul Heyman thought that he was going to be. He just saying, if you put him in a tag team, maybe with his cousin, Angel Garza, that, that would make an awful lot of sense. I bet they'd be really good. But right now, and even then, especially a year and a half ago, he was not what they thought he was. I like Sheamus doing that. But, oh my God, did they, they, I swear to God, they walk nine miles to drive one mile. It's so stupid. They had Sheamus go, I'll do an open challenge, but not for the title. Right. Well, considering what happened on the show, why not? And not only that, but then who's going to accept the challenge now? But I mean, I mean, maybe somebody will, but it's like you and people say, well, <laughs> they, they script this show, Jimmy. They know what's going to happen. So for it to say, oh, well, stuff happens. No, stuff doesn't happen. What you script happens. They they decide who wins and loses. So there was no reason for him to say, oh, no, not for the title. In fact, he should have whipped Humberto's ass and say, I defend my title when I want to defend my title, not putting his tail between his legs beforehand. Oh, the problem, God. The problem now is, you know, what if Sheamus goes out next week, does it again, out comes Drew Gulak, and he kills him. Then the what? next week, out comes Ricochet, and he kills him. You're going to be left with all of these guys who already have very, very poor brand value, so to speak, and you're just squeezing out whatever is left of it. Oh, that ain't so, going to happen. He's going to face Humberto next week. That's for what's the title now, you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He'll he'll get the, the official entrance and all that, and they'll have an actual competitive match after Sheamus mopped the floor with him. That's what they'll do. I, I can tell you that's what they'll do, and they'll probably do it again before the end of May. Fantastic. Well, one other thing about Raw uh, in terms of the positivity. So Charlotte Nasca got the main event. Good for them. They got the main event. Asterisk. Here's the asterisk. Match wasn't good. It was Bad. another. It was another distraction finish, which I despise. They do them all the time. And Rhea Ripley, it's not working, man. She's they, not working. I keep bringing it up. They do the he 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 thing with her, where yeah, she, not she becomes a champion, and all of a sudden she's she yeah. being a smiley girl doesn't work for her. It does yeah. not work for her. Maybe it will in the future. It does it's not, not work working right. I know it's not. It's not. And I understand she's a young girl. Like she's like 24 years old. She's happy to be there. She's doing what she's told. She's not going to rock the boat. She's going to do whatever the hell they tell her to do. It's not working. And and uh, and ever since, uh, even before Mania. Jimmy, you know, we've heard about build. I did an interview for an hour with a girl who wasn't on TV and was rocking the boat and was showing up next to Vince's office every day and pitching 15 ideas. And it, it just doesn't happen. It doesn't work. They do right. what they want to do. Right. Um, now, this rant that I've been on a couple times, it, it with all these releases, it plays directly into the quality of Raw, Jimmy. And it's annoying. When I have people that will do that weird shit, it's a business. No shit, Sherlock. I've covered the business for like <laughs> 11 years now. I'm, I'm acutely aware of the business. And then I'll have people that have the balls to say, oh, would you rather them sit in catering or be released? I'd rather them get used, Jimmy. And then, then you've got adults that will say, well, they're making billions of dollars anyway. You know what's better than billions of dollars, Jimmy? What's More that? billions of dollars. More billions of dollars. And let me tell you guys, if you think they would be getting paid the same right now as they would have before Triple H cut that, well, me and my friend Mark will quit watching when they were at like four and a half million viewers. If you think they wouldn't be getting paid a lot more money for four and a half million viewers, well, you're fucking dumb. Oh, yeah, they absolutely 100 We've talked about this before. Yes. They would be getting more if they They'd had be getting- bigger viewership. Way more. Oh, they absolutely. And, no and question. People are, people are like, "Oh, well, they're so successful now. They are good for them. That's great." But you know what? You make more money when more people watch. More people watch when the show is better. The show yeah. is better when they maximize stakes and they show you this is important. This is important. This is important. Everything here is important. And when they do that, it's when they have more important people. You can't hinge it on one or two people. And when you hinge it on more than one or two people, that's when you use as many people as you can and make that important. That's fresh situations. It's not the Viking Raiders and Cedric and Shelton two weeks in a row cold. It's using more talent. And when you use more talent, you get those fresh situations. And you know what I hated use- about that too? 
How to use I, more talent, Jimmy. You don't fucking fire him! And I, I hated that Byron Saxton, when Shelton and Cedric were in the ring, getting no entrance, and they're in the ring, and Byron Saxton goes, getting ready for their next opponent. And then it was the Viking Raiders again. <laughs> that, was, oh, man. that was so silly. I wanted to ask you one thing about Orton and Riddle. Prior to Raw, they had been advertising Randy Orton, Braun Strowman, and then maybe a day or two before Raw, online, they just stopped advertising it. And obviously, as we saw, they did Randy Orton and uh, Matt Riddle. Why was the change made? Like, did, did Randy Orton request Riddle, or, or did they just decide to go in a different direction? I know it was changed uh, around the time of a creative meeting. I don't know. I know that Orton was fond of working with Riddle. I know that that was something that was put forth. But I don't know if he specifically requested it, but... Hey, you know what? If I had my choice over which one to work with, I'd probably pick Matt Riddle. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Now, one yeah. other thing I want to ask you about. Missing in action. Two weeks in a row. Omos and AJ Styles, the new tag team champions. I've heard There's something. Okay, well, I've heard Omos hasn't been cleared, but the thing is, he's is he able to stand up next to AJ for a promo? I don't I I, I don't think so. No. No? no? He's not cleared to stand next to AJ for a promo? No, no, no. Okay. Uh, Dan- Daniel R says, why has Jurassic Express been lost in the shuffle? Because I got 30 tag teams. Not everybody's going to have their time right now. And the Jungle Boy's getting a, a shot at Darby Allen, too. Difference between AEW and WWE, they don't just take somebody off TV when it's not their time. They keep them on there. They win or lose matches. You win some, you lose some. Uh, Ray Callahan says, love the Dunk Lord comments on the dorks. Yeah, well, you know, MC Carvalho says, just realized that Saray is 24, Zoe is 27. The NXT women's division is loaded with so much young talent. It is, and it should be. Uh, I think that them reloading with Zoe Stark is is promising. Um, th- they're going to have to create an edge for her soon because she's already become the girl who loses to people and raises their hand afterwards. But uh, she's she's very, very good. And where and, was Bobby Lashley, the WWE champion? Where was he? I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. Isn't that interesting? Bray yeah. Wyatt, who who you know they 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 went they went through so much time and expense, new mass, new gear, video promos, all this stuff, not on the show. Nope. How about that? Sixty nine names. Deegan says he's a millionaire that should be a billionaire. That promo rings truer and truer every year that passes. Raw is cold garbage, not even hot garbage. Boy, ain't that the truth. Let's talk a little NXT. My first question for you, and I, I, I don't think I asked you last week, so I'm going to ask you now. What did you think about uh, Taya Valkyrie being renamed Frankie Monet? Sure. Yeah? Sure. Why not? Indifference, basically? Yeah, it's like, I, I don't care that much. It's like, whatever. I mean, I, re- I like the little dog gimmick. I think that's funny. I thought the vignettes were hilarious of her dog just walking around the performance center. But yeah, sure, why not? It's... It's something that they they wanted to do and switch it up. Um, I hope they don't like ignore her past because she's got a very decorated past. She was the longest reigning knockouts champion ever, yep. and that that should be addressed. Maybe I missed something in a promo, but she should say I've been at the top of the heap elsewhere. But um, yeah, I mean, I know what's going to happen. She's going to lose to Io Shirai probably, uh, and then she'll be relegated. But I, I like Taya. I like her a lot. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is I understand WWE likes to own the IP. This is the reason why they typically will change names. They like to own yes. the IP. But we've seen them make exceptions like AJ Styles, like Samoa Joe. Mm-hmm. People know it's Taya. Yeah. And so I don't understand why they wouldn't, especially when it's the women's division, which could use a little bit more of a of, of, a, of a push. Why not just acknowledge who she is and acknowledge her background, like you said? I don't understand why they would do that change when the women's division in NXT could use that rub. Kyler says Frankie says she chose that name. Hey, sure. Yeah, but th- that's because they told her you got to pick another name. Yeah, that's a good you know? point. Now, let me ask you this one. So I saw Cameron Grimes on NXT. He's doing the whole thing about, oh, I was outbid on an NFT by Ted DiBiase. And at first when I saw that, I thought, oh, okay, he's name dropping Ted DiBiase. Ted no. DiBiase was on Booker T's podcast uh, prior to, to NXT this week. And he revealed that he was on his way to the performance center to do a story with Cameron Grimes. My question for you is, do you think it's going to be a one-off? Do you think that he's going to manage Cameron Grimes? Do you think maybe he's going to manage an opponent against Cameron Grimes? Like what's your vision on that? My hope is that he is just a constant thorn in Cameron Grimes side. And Cameron Grimes has been the highlight of NXT to me. He's been so much fun. 
which which ties into Evan Wright saying, do you think NXT is putting their best foot forward since moving to Tuesdays? I feel their last two weeks have been meh. More could be done. I thought last week was better than this week. This week was as meh as it gets. Like the opening promo, woof, boy, woof. Not good. Uh, but Cameron Grimes, I'm tuning in every week to see what he does, what he says, how he's thwarted. I want to watch him wrestle now. I wanted to watch him wrestle before. He's incredible. But uh, I, I think Ted DiBiase will just be like a thorn in his side constantly. Yeah, and, and it's interesting that he capitalized on you know the meme stocks, which yes. was the big buzzword at the time. Now he mentioned the NFTs in the uh, in the promo, so we'll see where Doge it goes. Coin, on this. too. I, I did think that was the highlight of the uh, Kyle O'Reilly promo, which I didn't like, but he was like, "Thanks for the doggy coin." <laughs> did you buy any of that? I didn't. I, oh, okay. I don't do a lot of crypto. I'm, okay. I'm losing my ass on stocks right now. Oh, the market is trash. I'm down oh, big yeah. right now. Yeah. So all I can do is hold and wait. Uh, okay. So I like to give uh, uh, our listener and your boy viewers a little little teaser now and then. Why don't little... we do this on The List Goes On? You know, we've got a show behind the paywall. Because sometimes... Let's, let's talk about this instead. MLW to Discovery Channel is true, right? <laughs> I don't know. They're heading to Vice. Yeah, but now is that really anything? Like, yeah. as, a, as a Canadian viewer, because Vice TV isn't really a thing here, uh, how how big is Vice TV in the U.S.? What kind of viewership do they have? Is it a popular channel? I wouldn't say huge, but they have a very unique audience in that there's an audience there with a wrestling appetite for Dark Side of the Ring, but it might not be people that watch current wrestling. Right, yes. So that's a very unique audience that I don't think a lot of people can just snag. And there very clearly is an audience like that out there, Jimmy, because the Stone Cold A&E documentary did over a million. Yeah, and uh, it's funny you mentioned because I, I am not an AEW viewer, AEW, A-N-E viewer. Yes. And uh, so I, I, I was looking for a replay of the Austin bio because I missed it. And I, and I was thinking, oh, man, I wonder if they're going to replay it. A and E is nothing but storage wars, wall to wall, and paid programming. That bio is replaying like every day. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's not hard to find. At They're going to end up. More people are going to end up watching that over the, over the next week or two than an episode of Raw. Yes, I, yes, they will because they're going to replay it so often. And the 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 WWE treasures literally every day. The replay. I love that show. I thought it was good. It fits their portfolio. And it's a very cheap show for them to produce. I thought it was harmless and a whole lot of fun. Haven't seen it, but I saw a picture. So, so Foley had the Mankind gear in Vince's office? Kind of. Uh, <laughs> this was them trying to get back a couple things of Mick Foley's. They wanted the original Mankind shirt, which is made of leather, and then a Cactus Jack jacket that they were going after, as well as a Socko. And um, at the end of it, Mick Foley went into Vince McMahon's office in the in the Socko stuff, and he's like, "Happy birthday!" <laughs> and Vince was like, "It is not my birthday," uh, but it was Stephanie basically bombarding Vince with that, ribbing him a little bit. And I wonder if it was planned because you don't see a genuine smile out of Vince McMahon like that very often. Oh, yeah, that was yeah, that was yeah. pretty cool. I liked seeing that. Did they explain how did that stuff get away in the first place? Like, how did the mankind yeah. shirt get away? Yeah, they they did, um, and they. I mean, there were some people that, quite frankly, like it would range from everything to a guy being like, "No, this is yours. You should have it." To somebody saying, "Let me come over to your house and I'll trade it to you." And Mick Foley, Mick Foley was like, "Yeah," and then there were some that cost a bit of money. Like there was, it's a it's a slam dunk idea of a show. They should have had a WWE warehouse show on the network a long time ago when Joey Styles was doing it. No, but see, uh, but, my, my, my question is, how did WWE lose the Mankind shirt in the first place? Like, how well, did I mean, it, it was his. It was his. So he probably either gave oh, it away, so he sold, sold it, or, it or, or auctioned it or something oh, okay. like that. Like, okay. there's a whole lot of stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I always thought that most of the stuff, although that is wrestler gear, you're right, and that is different. Yeah. Otherwise, I was thinking most of the stuff ended up in the warehouse. But I guess when it's wrestler gear, that that is a different situation. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Um, Adnan Verk. Mm. So... It's only been a couple of weeks. You got to give the guy a chance. I don't know what how long of a leash he's going to have. I don't even know if this man recognizes talent anymore, quite frankly. Uh, and he comes off like the kind of guy that will listen to Vince, and Vince likes that. Two weeks in, I feel like if we don't see immediate improvement, they need to get, get this guy out of that position. Because 
Number one, he's continuing to make mistakes. And and when I watched him on Raw, he called the floating bro the flying bro. Corey Graves, who's a pro. You got to give Corey Graves credit. Corey Graves has carried him through his first two weeks on Raw. And Corey Graves seamlessly covered and referred to it as the floating bro. And I watched that and I thought to myself, okay, you could call it nerves and you could say the guy's new to wrestling. How are you not doing your research? Yeah. This is your job. How are you not doing your research? How do you not know the name of every signature move for every guy on the show when this is your job? And the guy's not being paid by the hour, Sean. You know no. what I mean? Like, how are, how are you fucking that up? So I that, to me, was, was unacceptable. Uh, he's not a commanding presence out there. He's not taking the lead. Michael Cole is like the quarterback when he's out there. They got you know three I mean? color commentators out there right now is that they have. Yes. They yes, got three like, color commentators. Yes, yes. Graves is more of a play-by-play guy than he is Yeah. in, in terms of what they're doing. Adnan Verk is not a commanding presence. He's just kind of in the background, uh, which is not going to work. And then the other thing that was very noticeable to me, and he did it the entire broadcast, he has a tendency to pass things off to Graves and, and Saxton a lot. So there'd be two guys in the ring, and he would say, uh, you know, oh, Charlotte uh, going up. Uh, Saxton, what you got planned? Like he would always pass it off and then have the other guys carry it. And he did it repeatedly throughout the entire three hours. And again, I, I watched that broadcast, and I thought, you got to give him a chance. It's only two weeks. He needs an opportunity. But he's not good. Like no. as the play-by-play guy of what's supposed to be your flagship show, even though SmackDown is their flagship show now. But as your play-by-play guy, He's not good, man. He's got to be better. And again, I question, does Vince even know? Does he even know anymore? Uh, because Vince, I think, only cares that he can bark at you on the headset. You're going to listen yeah. to him. You're going to do what he says. Vince so. isn't there n- nearly as much now as he was before, like, the Fox deal. Uh, like, for anything. Not right. as anything. Aaron Stevens says, Kenny Omega, best champ in the business. You know what? Yeah. I think he probably I st- is. I Wal- think, Walter's I a pretty think- good one. I still like Roman. Roman is still to be. There you go. Roman and Walter, they're both pretty good. Yeah. Now, Omega in the ring. Yeah. No question. But with all due respect to Kenny Omega, and I mean no disrespect, you put Kenny Omega next to Roman Reigns, it's not close in terms of who's the bigger star. It's not close at all. Yeah. Guys, leave us a thumbs up, please. Get your super chats in. We are heading down the home stretch. But tonight we are back at 1010 Eastern. With the post AEW post show, uh, as well as the, last night, we had Alex's post NXT show every week, 1010 Eastern on Tuesday. Please don't forget, guys, check out my interview with Chelsea Green, already our most downloaded of the year. Like it has done crazy numbers across the board for us. Uh, first, first release star to say anything. She hit me up. She said, I am ready to talk and I'm ready to talk now. And I said, okay. And we did it, and it was she did really she did good. great, and you know her dog ate mankind. That was funny uh, as hell. <laughs> as soon as we were like off the recording, she was like, and I think there, there's probably footage of this somewhere, but she was like, "Oh my gosh, please tell me if this is worth anything." So she she grabbed it, she grabbed it, and I was like, "Oh, that's a mankind Jack's BCA. Those are a dime a dozen. You're good." Watch watch Cardona say. Mick Foley gave me that. Yeah. <laughs> he, that's what Mick Foley gave him for like a ring-worn mankind right, shirt on right, right. wrestling's greatest treasures. That's what that was. I wanted one more thing, I guess, before we wrap up. Pat McAfee. So I, I saw that he was very critical of himself. Yeah. Uh, and he shit on his performance, and he said he didn't do a good job. I thought he was all right. The, the only thing I noticed with him and Michael Cole, they talked over each other a lot yeah. on SmackDown. Uh, but otherwise, I thought he was okay, and I love that he was busting cold chops. Heenan esque, like not, not as good as Bobby Heenan, obviously. Yes. Nobody ever will be. Yes, it was very Heenan esque. Yes, in that he busted Cole's balls. And hey, you know what? The, my my other favorite team, Jr. and and Lawler, was when yep. Lawler would do that to him, yep. and it would heat him up. I think that Cole is actually like. Cole is such a seasoned vet that he doesn't get arsed by anything. And I think that actually adds the fact that he tries to dismiss everything, but you can tell he's getting bothered by Pat McAfee here. And, and I, you got to remember, it, I'm sorry to cut you out, but you got to remember behind the scenes, Cole is his boss. Yes. And, and people might not know this. Michael Cole is the boss of all of the commentators. Uh, and I think most of the production people too, and the yeah. ring announcers, Cole is the boss. And so uh, I loved it knowing and knowing things I've heard about Cole, 
You know, like I've heard a lot of stories about him, not just about the McAfee shorts thing. I've heard different stories about Cole. Cole, Cole. Cole sometimes takes things way too seriously in real life. And there's been stories about him. And so when I saw or heard McAfee busting his chops, I liked it. I liked it because McAfee doesn't give a shit. If this no. man said tomorrow, you're fired. McAfee's like, Psh. you know what yeah. I mean? He doesn't and, care. And, and he said he's open to the criticism and all that, but. I thought he was all right. Like he's, he's a real talent uh, that they need to take advantage of. He's an, he's an athlete. He can really talk. He's got a good personality. He's a quick thinker. He's someone they need to take advantage of, I think, because he's quite good. He's got a lot of ability. Uh, As we wrap up, I got to say, I just saw this, this tweet, tweet from the combat Republic. And he says, Tony Khan told busted open that he doesn't promote impact on his show because he actually pays for the AEW ads he would do. He said, promoting their show is on them. He said that he proceeded to promote Rebellion on Busted Open and said he'd be happy if Swan won and came to AEW. Oh, come on. I That's mean, ridiculous. I think I think it's funny. I think it's yeah. very funny. I like it. Hopefully I get an interview with him before uh, Double or Nothing. But Jimmy, <laughs> anything else you got? We're heading over to The List Goes On. Yeah, I go to The List Goes On. So on The List Goes On, I'm going to give you guys a sneak peek of issue two of FIFA Magazine. Uh, the May June issue. Going to give a sneak peek of that. We are going to talk uh, some stuff about SummerSlam. We're going to talk so- about a common trend with WWE Raw that I've noticed. We're going to talk about Daniel Bryan and the story so, that I wouldn't let him tell here on the air. And the story, uh, I guess so. I have to move it to there. Yeah. So Rob Wilkins uh, says the best way I can compare to Vice. I can use the old WWF roster. Vice is on Aldo Montoya. Bret Hart is HBO. Okay. Uh, yeah. Vice has sort some of? good content though. Okay. Guys, okay. thank you all very much. We're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.